0: Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind
1: contributions of the panel speakers and Metatopia 2018. Episode 187, Face Your Fear.
0: Presented by Fecto. David Beaver, Jim Dagg, Kate Beeman-Martinez, and Beth Rimmels.
1: Cold deck is a great one for magic tricks where you have one deck of cards and you swap it out for another.
2: Yeah, I think Six so. Trick.
3: So, um, hi everyone, I'm Kiva. I, I had great hopes of there being lots of people here, but I also forgot that, oh yeah, it's our uh, first thing on the first morning. Yeah. And, and nobody's up yet. So. it fits. Yeah. And you
4: can go, hey, it's first time another year, but I think their panel,
3: starts. Ah, no, it's all right. So I'm going to switch off what we we're going to do, because what we're going to do is do all kinds of stuff and get in groups and discuss things, and well pretty much one group here, so. I think that'll work fine. Um, all right, so this is about facing fears, whatever those are. Panelists, um, which of you have had fears most recently? Raise oh. <laughs> your yeah. hand. Yeah. Point that out too.
0: Nice imposter syndrome flare up yesterday. It's wasn't great.
4: Yeah.
3: I was going to yeah. <laughs> say, before, before they came in, I was just talking about <laughs> it. Come on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so all of us have fears of various kinds. Um, what i'm going to do just to start off so you know who's here with you in the room is we're going to introduce ourselves a little bit and talk about who we are and then we'll uh, the process that i want to follow today is do that this is kind of an interactive workshop not really a panel so we're not going to spend a lot of time us just talking so then i want to hear about what kinds of fears or worries or concerns you have and we'll try to group those into different kinds of things and then talk about each clump of things and maybe together come up with some solutions for those or ways to help you get through the weekend. Sound good? All right, cool. So I am Kiva Facto. I don't do dates or time unless I key to something else. I don't know how many years I've been coming here, but a few. I am a game designer. Um, my first time coming here was when I called Vinny about something completely different. He said, oh, you're a game designer. You have to come to Manitopia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already going to BGG this month, <coughs> you know, no, you need to come to Medica, so okay. I, after, it was a little longer conversation than that. It was, I pushed back several more times, but, but I ended up here. Um, so the kinds of fears that I face as a game designer are not too bad, actually, because um, some people have worries about how their game is going to be perceived. My worries are more because I'm an introvert especially when I came here the first time but I'm not gonna know anybody here except my game design partner and huge crowds of people and I don't I'm not gonna know where to go who to talk to um, that has all shifted greatly over time um, so now I look forward to coming because I see lots of my friends here so it's really great um, but there's still anytime you have to present something good morning,
2: good morning.
3: Anytime that you're doing something a little out of your comfort zone, especially if it's a new place for you. So it, it still pops up now and then. Uh,
0: Dave. Uh, my name is Dave Beaver. I'm a, I'm a game designer. I've got uh, a game called Yeah Diamonds published with Game in a Curry. Um, I am I'm sort of the common man for the panel. Um, I'm real fucking common, if you haven't noticed that by right now. Um, so uh, I'm just kind of the rough and tumble. Uh, solutions. I'm an extreme extrovert, um, so sort of the opposite of Kiva, uh, but I have massive crushing imposter syndrome. So my main thing every every single time I'm presenting a game or when I'm going to a con is I'm not good enough to be here. I don't deserve to be here. My game is not good enough to be here. My prototype is not what it needs to be. Um, and that is ad nauseum repetition in my brain all the time. Um, and so uh, what I'm basically here for is to help talk you through like all of that insecurity of, I'm not good enough, this isn't good enough, what am I going to do about it? Um, and you realize real quickly, it's all nonsense. Um, you're, you know, your brain's going to keep doing it, but you have, to, you have to push through that. And so I had people that helped me do that. I had people that brought me out of my shell and encouraged me. Uh, and that's part of what I'm here for today is to do that for other people and to sort of move it forward to
1: the next set. So.
3: Cool. Jim. Hey.
1: I'm Jim Dagg, uh, I'm a uh, tabletop role-playing game designer. Uh, my imprint is Saddle Shaped Games. I've done uh, a uh, rules-like action movie role-playing game called Just Got Real, and a, uh, a game for a charity uh, anthology called Two Weeks, called Battle Princess, which is about uh, the princesses saving themselves, essentially. Um, the, uh, the big things that I tend to face here last year uh, was, uh, had a lot to do with imposter syndrome. I was full of a lot of people who were a lot more uh, popular than I was. Um, and frankly, uh, being on a panel with uh, Kiva, and I think Beth, you were there too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, on imposter syndrome really did help a lot. Uh, probably my favorite story about that one was uh, the, uh, when Kiva asked me to join the uh, panel on imposter syndrome, and I said, sure, I'd love to, but I'm not sure what I could contribute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.
5: <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> yes.
1: um, I mean, and, and a lot of that, frankly, is driven by the fact that I have mental health challenges. I work through anxiety, so uh, a lot of, there's a lot of tools that I try to use to work through that these days my primary concerns are, uh, frankly, is my game going to go well? And there's the rational side of that, like, whether it does or doesn't, you know, there's good sides to both, which we'll get to as we discuss. Um, But also the fact that we're in such a wonderfully diverse environment and I try very hard to be respectful to everybody, and look at me, I'm a mostly cis white guy, I will fuck this up! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, there is. I, I put a lot of a lot of pride in trying to give as good as I get, and sometimes I don't, and that hurts. And I'm trying to work through how to how to be my best self, even when I fuck those things up. So I realize that's about everything that could <laughs> be on this panel. So I apologize for taking <laughs> the whole. Room, yeah, but yeah. Just sucked I'm all the air out. Jim, way to go. Attendees who are much more creative than limiting themselves to just that. Okay.
3: <laughs> Beth.
6: Hi, So I'm Beth Rimmels. Uh, my company is Rising Stars Press. Uh, the game I'm playtesting here is Awesome Eights, which is a tabletop role-playing game. Uh, my day job is marketing, so if you also want to learn about marketing, I'm on have a bunch of panels, including <laughs> one right after this one. Go to those. Um, they're they're going to be good. Yeah. Um, <coughs> three, I'm on three different panels. Anyway, um, so that's my day job. I have come from a long history of publishing uh, before marketing, but there is a weird segue in between where I was a life coach. So that's why I love panels like this, because I actually have some, some relevant skills for it. Um, and yeah. If you're afraid that what you're doing is pointless, join the club. If you're afraid you're not good enough, join the club. Mm. Everybody has these fears. Um and in fact, quick quick little story to tell you about imposter syndrome. So everybody knows who Neil Gaiman is, right? No. Okay, so Neil Gaiman is an author of, comic, of many award-winning comic books, Sandman. He also wrote the novel, American Gods, which is a TV show on Stars. He co-wrote the novel with Terry Pratchett, Good Omens, which is shortly to become a miniseries on Prime. Um, he wrote the story, Stardust, which was a major motion picture with uh, Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. The guy's got props, okay? And he's an excellent writer, like I said, won a ton of awards. He's also a natural introvert. Oh, by the way, yeah, on the introvert spectrum. So introvert, extrovert, you didn't quite. In the believe. middle. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm an introvert who pretends to be an extrovert, so we've got like, all bases covered. Anyway, Neil is actually very much an introvert. Uh, I, I've interviewed him several times, so I kind of know. Anyway, um, he was actually at an event for like the 100 most influential people, and in this, that, and the other thing. And he was hiding in the corner <laughs> talking to somebody. And the person he's talking to, they kind of struck up a conversation because they were both named Neil. And Neil and Neil Gaiman saying, "You know, wow, I feel so out of place here. This and everything. Look at all these luminaries. I don't deserve to be here." And the guy he's talking to says, "I feel exactly the same way. I don't know why I was invited. It was Neil Armstrong." Yeah, all I did was walk on the moon. Dude. So if you have imposter syndrome, we're in good company. Okay? <laughs> it is kind of a fact of the human condition. I tend to find that people who claim they don't are either lying or they're the extreme egotist, which is also hiding ego issues. So usually they probably still have it too. They're just faking it really well. So don't let that stop you.
1: No, actually, it's uh, funny you bring that up because... Uh one of the things you'll see in a lot of studies is people who have imposter syndrome tend to be people who are already performing well.
4: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. We're to, way too hard on ourselves. Yep. All
4: right.
3: So as as the introvert, um, the avowed introvert, not yeah. even pretending okay. to be extroverted <laughs> most of the time, although a lot of people don't know that. Hmm. Um, what I'd like to do is because some of us may have fears or worries or concerns that cover a um, breadth of things. What I'd like to do is pass out some sticky notes and pens, and just take a few minutes, and everybody can write down, with it like one, one concern or worry or fear per piece of paper. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll take all of those and we'll aggregate it. That'll give you some. That'll give you a chance to think about it a little bit. So you can have some internal time just to, just to think over what it is that, that you like help.
1: I mean, and, and we're brainstorming here, a so if you have, yes.
3: Fears, worries, concerns, whatever it is that might hold you back this weekend, yeah. that maybe we as a group can help with.
1: Don't hesitate to put down a few, uh, one on each, pli- each sheet, please. And also, if you think your fear is too dumb to discuss, it's probably very important that we discuss it, so put it down. Right.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can pretty much guarantee you anything you mention is going to ping at least one other person in the room at
3: least one. We've divided these into kind of groups, so we've each said I'd like to kind of talk through that. So it's not still going to be just us talking, but us talking with you. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, uh, read out what we have here in front of us as, as a group type of thing. We'll, we'll talk with the group about what problems that could be causing you, what you might miss out on the weekend because of that, and then talk about the solution space possible. Fair enough?
6: Anybody want to start? I think I have the smallest list if you want. We can do this one. Um, So, my grouping is imposter syndrome. So, the notes that I have here are talking to people who inspire and influence me, as in being a fear. Uh, Assigned to first high test, it's not my game, I'm not a game designer, imposter syndrome. And then just imposter syndrome. Um, Okay, so you're never going to feel like you came. You're never going to feel like you achieved it. I hate to break it to you. Uh, You can talk to and there have been all kinds of studies with people who are the absolute tops of their profession. You will never feel like you made it. So do it anyway. This
3: this is one of the things we talked about on the panel we had last year about imposter syndrome. It's really hard in in an industry where there aren't really any specific standards. Okay, I've made it to this level. Okay, now there's this level I can work for. Now there's this level. Well, we kind of have that feeling about other people that are, well, that person is obviously much better than I am because they've done this or they've done that, but but you may have done something equally good and that's slightly adjacent to that somehow and it's really hard to measure yourself against other people and because you can't measure yourself, you never know how good you are.
6: Now, one thing, though, that I do highly recommend, not whether you deal with imposter syndrome or not, but we always talk in our culture about, you know, success, I want to be successful, how to be successful. What does success mean? Your definition of success, I can pretty much guarantee you, is different from yours, is different from yours, is different from yours, different from, yours different from you. I keep going around. So, for imposter syndrome or just for life in general, I highly recommend you take some quiet time and sit down and figure out what is your definition of success. For some people, it is making X amount of money. For some people, it is having X amount of free time. For some people, it's being your own boss. Um, for some people, it's how many, there's actually, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, shut that if you want. Um, I won't say the company or the game, but there's, there's one that I know of that they actually don't care how many people buy their game so long as people are playing their game. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't care about making money. On his day job, he makes tons of money. He just if, if one person gets a bootleg copy of his game and has a group of 20 people who are playing on a rotating basis, he is happy. Yeah. Let's so figure out what your definition of success is. Let's go around and
0: hear some of that if people are comfortable talking mm-hmm. about it. Like, let's just like start over here. What do, you, like, what do you consider a measure of success for game design? No matter how new you are, or you
3: know. are you? Um, so let's start with something before that. Even. Okay. Uh, what part of the industry? I mean, I, I'm not gonna presume that everybody in here is a game designer. Fair. Right. Sure. So where do you sit in the industry? Why are you here? What are you doing here this weekend? So
4: I'm, I'm a designer
1: and writer. I'm, I'm, this is my first Madagopia, okay, so I'm okay. here to like, lear, learn about the industry, learn about playtesting, meet people, and the like. That's um, so why I'd like to be able to get out of a, a measure of success is like, people, people like the, the
4: stuff I'm coming up with. Cool. We're right. having fun with it.
3: Nice. Your background and, and uh,
4: success? designer, uh, board games mostly, uh, first time here. Uh, but I think I'm in line with the. I just want people to like what I'm making. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't need it for the money. Uh, money would be nice. I'd like to make more money than I spend on it. But uh, other than that, you know, I I like coming up with the ideas and having people have fun with them.
2: I come from a family that likes playing tabletop games, and uh, and. I studied a degree in graphic design and kind of one of our rules growing up, it's an unwritten rule, as most rules are, <laughs> is, is you can't play the same game twice. So whatever game there was, we would improve okay. upon it or ch- destroy it as the case may be. And, uh, and I've seen, and I've seen no less than five or six games. That we played, that I played as a child, decades later be marketed in some other way, and and uh, I'd like to use my skills in playing puzzle solving which is one of my good traits and graphic design to uh, bring some of those ideas that I have in my head to market. Cool. I definitely would like that have to get rich, but like to make yeah. as much as I spend. Um, that would be one level of success. I mean, success for me is more about uh, um, impacting people positively. But uh, mm-hmm. with regards to games, I would, I would steal his. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Don't lose money. <laughs> yeah. I'm a designer mostly board games. I've got one kind of world setting DD D&D that I've been since 12 working on. Um, I'm kind of that one. I just make games people enjoy it. But I feel like it's also kind of a shack on me because like, hey, I made this game. Like This one I have in my bag. I've gone to three Gen Cons, Double Exposure, people play tested it. Everyone said they loved it. It's, it's still sitting in my bag. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's on, so it sounds like, uh, you know, so I'm coming here, I am gonna, like actually throw it out there, because I'm, I'm also a truck driver, so I'm pushing a truck for games. I got Voice Recorder, I got pretty well, much I got by the next one, the other one's already full, <laughs> 40 hours of games nice. from this year, so. Actually get them out there, and, you know, if I could spend a bit more time
6: Designing games and driving games. No? For gaming, I'm, I'm an event organizer for competition at home. did some a bit of RPG design, just drafts. This is my first time as a board game designer, first time as a designer at Tokyo. second time in Metopia. Mm, okay. And uh, Small success right now that I want to try right, to achieve. Take some of my ideas i have always been in draft mode and actually get it done to a format. So just get those steps and play tests and mm-hmm. get like that's so, current goal. All right. Currents? Thanks. Um, I,
5: uh, I'm the one person here who doesn't actually make games, <laughs> but I play a lot of games, and this is my third Metatopia. And my role with Jim and Saddle Shape Games is, besides being his wife, right. principal play tester. So, uh, my day job is as a validation engineer. I work in a test lab, so I I, I see how things are like, connected, how how what where the weak points are in both games and also in my day job. And success here today would be, or this weekend would be, my play other people's games being able to make their games better, find what works, find what doesn't work, and actually succeed at communicating that to the other person, instead of it just being in my head. Mm-hmm. OK.
3: You want to do any roundabout stuff um, on the topic?
6: I think, actually, I want to give it to somebody else, because I think it's all going to come back and tie it back in the round. OK. So. Sure. And sure.
4: also, until there, I've never heard of the imposter syndrome. Oh. So, yeah. That's, e- that's the words
1: for it. <laughs> it's it's really great. Like one of the things that makes this stuff hard is like, uh, I mean, I can even I can even connect it to uh, the ideas of you know gender identity and things like that. If you don't have the words to express how you feel, it's hard to know. And so you look at yourself and like, am I just broken? What's wrong with me? And then you realize, oh. Suddenly, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's a, a,
5: a phrase for that. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 oh. it exists. I understand
1: it better. And there are other people who feel this besides I feel me. I can
5: this and find my people. There, yes.
1: people out there that
4: they've created a term for. Right. Them. Yes.
6: <laughs> so sometimes labels are good.
1: Right. All right. So uh, <coughs> the, uh, the I, I think we've got a little bit of a gradient here, because I think I feed into both sides. Mm-hmm. Here. So uh, the ones I have kind of divided into, I guess, two little mini categories. I see uh, getting told I suck, uh, anxiety with respect to crowds, loud noises, and not enough sleep, being forgetful or oblivious, and not making the most of opportunities here. Um, You know, as I introduced, uh, I suffer from primarily anxiety, but also depression, and mental health is a a big challenge while you're in an environment like this. Um It is real easy to you know find yourself in a space where you know you're not really you don't really feel like you're able to contribute. Um, so uh, a lot of that I find, at least for me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, is uh, it is easy for me to get stuck in my own head, right? So you know, I, I could go into a I could go into a playtest, right, and uh, be terribly afraid that you know somebody is going to point the point in my face and say, "What the hell are you doing here? This game is terrible. Get out," right? But uh, if somebody does that, go tell Abby or the front desk <laughs> to remove that's that fair. person that's because fair. that's somebody being a dick. Bring the hammer. <laughs>
6: Which fortunately does not happen very often at Madtopia, but it can. Uh.
1: Um, more likely, what you'll uh, what you'll hear is, you know, this game does not work, and here's why. Right, and having having your game just break horribly, speaking from experience, is probably one of the best things that can happen here because it means you will get it
6: fixed. Yeah. You'll know
4: how to move forward. Yeah.
6: Yeah, last year, somebody broke my magic rules, and I was very grateful.
4: Right. Seriously. Uh uh-huh. Because I've been running like the last two Gen Con's, I just lived in the double exposure room. Mm-hmm. I've, see, I've seen it happen two things. Like I said. I've, I've even brought the same game over over. Either they'll tell you this doesn't work, and then they'll sit, or I guess they'll <laughs> tell you it doesn't work, they'll tell you it doesn't work, and then they'll, they'll tell you what to do, and they'll sit with you. Or the worst you'll get, and I had a few of mine, is they just kind of like shrug and wander off. Mm-hmm. And they're like they're not interested, completely uninterested, and they just walk out. That's doesn't work, I never, I mm-hmm. like a, like 10 to midnight, so three days straight, I've been into those ones. I've never seen anyone explode at like. but so I haven't been in the RPG set, so maybe it's different.
6: So when you're, first of all, if you're testing, yeah, 10 to midnight at Gen Con, uh, you're getting people who are kind of tired, so you try not well, to I mean, like I've been in
4: there from 10 a.m. to uh, Oh, okay, 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 okay sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> i oh, yeah. okay. But no, I also have the 10 to midnight slots. So
6: yeah. yeah, but, it, When you're uh, testing with the general public, that is one of kind of the dangers of that. You don't always know what you're going to get. Not everybody can articulate criticism. To be fair, the play test that I'm running this weekend, the scenario is to test magic rules in a very specific way. And in the scenario, I am boxing players in. Because when I've tried to test magic rules before, I have had people not use magic. Mm. In a scenario where I'm specifically saying, hi, we're here to test my magic rules. Please do they, that. <laughs> yeah, they make magic characters, Did and then, then no the one can a spell. What the hell are you doing, people? <laughs> so it happens. It's not just you. It happens.
1: So the, uh, the other ones I see in here, uh, anxiety, uh, being forgetful, being forgetful or oblivious, not making the most of opportunities. A lot of that, really, I've found, uh, and, you know, your experience may differ, is knowing yourself, right? When I talk about anxiety, uh, two years ago when I came here the first time, uh, we were about an hour into the trip and I said, holy shit, I've left the coffee on, I've left the oven on, I forgot my meds, this is going to be a disaster. And so Heather, being the immensely pragmatic person she is, says, okay, next time, make a checklist. Take photos of the mm-hmm. stuff that's off, right? Um, with respect to like the uh, issues with crowds and loud noises and not enough sleep. Um, there that are one's, ways that
5: one's mine. Yeah, <laughs>
1: there are ways to be proactive about some of this. The sleep is another matter. That's uh, that's something you probably would have to deal with personally, but uh, self-care here is a huge priority. If you don't know about the con suite,
6: I was just gonna say yeah. Yeah, um,
1: over uh, in, I don't remember the exact name, but it's over is with it all, all of the I think so. It's over in with the. Uh,
4: I was saying it's, you keep going down past the convention center? Supposed to be yes.
6: Yeah. yeah. All the way in the there's, It's all the way in the back. There's a wooden
4: wall that says Hyatt Regency Convention. That's the one. Center. Yep. Yep. And then you have to kind of turn because I had trouble finding it because the door is sort of set back in and it yep. looks just like a wall. Yeah. But, yeah, but there's I mean, a door there, so you go in there and you just walk to the end and that's yeah, you
6: go all, all the way to the back past. Gym gym past Tokyo, Madrid, just keep passing yep. all the countries. When you, you, when you
1: see Jim Makes Games, which is the merch table. Um, Pass there, right? Yeah.
4: Um, and he's one of the big sponsors,
1: right? Yes. yes. And so what, say,
3: what will they please. find in the con suite if they find this room? Uh,
1: this is. Uh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of great like self care, even cosmetic tools. There's food. There's uh, yeah, there's soda. snacks and soda. Yeah, yeah, and
5: soda Candy, for- There's for- games. There's even a couple air mattresses. It's quiet. You just need to lay down for.
3: Yeah. I
6: mean, it's not like a quiet space. is right. And you have to whisper. But in comparison to like the hub of every place else, mm-hmm. it's more. So a lot of times people after after playtest, particularly if it was a playtest that was very emotional, people tend to end up in one or two places. Con sweet to like decompress or the crying couch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is why there are crying
6: couches. Don't, yeah. don't be afraid
0: to
1: use them. They're great. And I'll point out one other tool that I use for some of mine um, being forgetful, being forgetful or oblivious. Um yeah. Write shit down.
0: Those are fifty cents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I I bring these I bring these everywhere I go because uh, writing something down helps cement it in my mind. Uh, I very <laughs> seldom refer back to these notes. It's just about recording it on a piece that's durable so that it anchors itself mm-hmm. so I can remember it later. And
6: if you're a digital person, I everything for me is reminders and notes in my phone. Yeah. Everything.
1: And
0: for getting overwhelmed, like even as an extreme extrovert, cons are overwhelming. Um, so, I regularly carry noise-canceling headphones, uh, earplugs, and I bring a book with me. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with putting in a pair of earplugs, sitting down in a corner, and just getting away for a little while because you've got to have your headspace clear. Um, and that sometimes requires sort of separating yourself from everybody. And in a, a noisy environment, it's really hard. So don't, don't think, like, oh, I'm going to be that person where, you know, I'm just sitting there with my headphones on, I'm going to look like a jerk. No. We all realize you have to have your own headspace to do this, especially if you're going into a play test or coming out of a playtest. You've got to process. You've got to prep. And there's a lot that goes on in your mind that you need to give room for when you do that.
6: And the headphones are great, too, not just for, like, you could be listening to an audio book, you could be listening to music, or a meditation track, yep. or something like that, or nature sound, whatever works for you. You could
5: also be listening to nothing and just have it as a visual it. cue yep. of, yep. just yep. let me sit here. Right. Yep.
1: That's what I do. Mm-hmm. It's I'm just like, nope. I don't talk anyway. I'll point out one more thing, uh, and then I'd be ha- I'd be more than happy to pass, um, is with respect to opportunities, with respect to if you're not sure what to do, even for something like self-care, if you don't know, ask someone. The front desk, find Avi or Vinny, someone who looks like they know what they're doing. Honestly, this is the single most welcoming space mm-hmm. I, am, I am in in any given year. So if you have a question and you don't know how to answer it, you know what should I be in? Where do I, what panels do you recommend? find someone ask them if they don't know they'll find someone who can
6: and a a little trick for trying to find somebody who can like if you don't see Abby or Vinny or somebody that you know anybody with a light green badge kind of like the bright lime Mm -hmm. ones um and also the people with those badges at registration there's usually always at least one senior staff at registration Mm -hmm. and again even if they can't help you they can be like oh go talk to so and so or oh i'll ping so and so
1: you would be amazed the body of expertise here on topics you couldn't even imagine.
3: The other thing that's really nice about this con, and you're going to start understanding and feeling it yourself, is that a lot of people talk together even beforehand. We have the Metatopia fan good. group that came up on Facebook this year to help start that, and I'm thinking that was really, really good, I and mean, may continue. It was Tim Hutchings'
6: idea, and it was
3: brilliant. So what, what a lot of people do to set up beforehand is... Is they get accountability buddies, and you can do that at the con as well. If you if you need a reminder, hey, uh, every time you see me, make sure that I've had something, I've had some water, I've had enough mm-hmm. to drink. Make sure I've actually had a full meal. Uh, ask, check in, see how I'm doing. Those kinds of things. Those are the things that you can do. So if you know somebody here or you meet somebody here, ex- exchange contact information. Say, hey, would you mind checking in with me? Or I've got this really tough play test. Would you mind if? you know, would you be available for me afterwards? Yep. Uh, just, just so I can process through it if I need to go try on somebody's shoulder or just blabber or whatever it is. Um, and a lot of people here, uh, I'm willing to do that for any of you if you need that. Uh, I think most of us probably are. Yep. So, and you know. by the way, a positive play
6: test can also mess with your head.
0: Yes, it can. And Especially and if you weren't expecting it to be positive. Yeah,
6: exactly. If you've never experienced <laughs> I mean, that well. seriously, I, if a positive play test can be like, you're like on the moon, and you're not in touch with anything, and we got to like drag you back down, give you food, give you water because <laughs> you're
3: not, you know.
6: Or then that triggers your imposter syndrome.
1: Right. So
3: um, what kind of solutions do you have that have you used before for um, whether you're dealing with your own anxieties or um, when you've seen other people that have anxieties that take to work? This is Pepper. He is
5: my anxiety cat. And um, sometimes just taking a moment, take the cat. Pet the cat. Do you even talk to the cat? If that's if that's your thing, uh, but you know, like the, the the duck the programmer duck, program something duck, something where, you duck, duck where you explain your solution or your problem to a rubber duck, and then you realize yeah. like, oh god, it was this. <laughs> um, but yeah, just something for me, something soft, something I could just go, okay,
3: this is fine. Okay. anybody else? You're not required
0: to say things. Yeah. Because that would be anxiety
4: reducing. <laughs> <laughs> it's an antithesis of what we want to do. Oh my God. Like I was say, I'm the oblivious one there because I guess it's Jim. Uh, was it? It's Jim Lowe's games, like, same like Yeah. That. Yeah. I was in front of him the whole time of registration. His <laughs> hands so, were like, oh, I guess everybody knows this guy. Right. They're yeah. yep. like, hey,
6: Jim. And you're I'm like, like here's yeah. Jim. Yeah. 'Cause he was basically vending here for years as modern myths. Right. And now yeah. Jim likes games. I've i am
4: i am kind of recognized faces, I will not remember names All But places. that's that's why we have these, I've, they're yes. fantastic. Yes. I know that, but like, like I said, I've been to the Dallas thing three times. I I've no i known my names, oh yeah, Abby and Vinny. So yep. like, and then they could walk right past me, like, Oh, I don't know seems to know that Oh, right. <laughs> Anytime somebody's looking for Vinny, I'm like, find the guy with pajama pants. The loudest,
6: the loudest pants in the room.
3: Yeah, they are not yeah. pajama pants. Yes, he will tell you they're, lounge, tell pants. You they're lounge pants. I, I, I saw <laughs> one at his house and somebody mentioned him wearing pajamas. He said, now, you're wearing pajamas, I have lounge pants. Lounge pants. The lounge pants have a pocket. Yep. Very much different. Yeah. I don't know how lot. else they're, different, they're <laughs> different, but they're comfortable. And that's what he wears. I
0: think it's one of those things we just like, okay, baby. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, right? <laughs> yep. exactly. Yeah.
4: Is he the one wearing
6: Minions gear today?
0: Yes. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that's him.
6: Yeah, they tend to be all different kinds of geek. And sometimes designs. he changes yeah. during the day, so. I mean yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it might be different. Thing. Yeah, he actually usually changes a couple times during the day.
0: Um, so I I took the sort of mechanical side of things. Um, I, I tend to think in mechanics anyway. Um, so, what we have here are things like um, miscommunications, uh, misspelling, unclear rules, um, my design is sparse, will people laugh at the non-professional parts or pieces, will people think that my idea is dumb? Um, and those are those are totally valid concerns um, that we all have because, let's be honest, we're bringing our babies, and our babies are ugly <laughs> um, for the most part, but we love them, you know, I speaking as a parent, all babies are ugly when they're born, but we love them. Uh, and games are the same way. Um, so there's a set of unwritten understandings um, when you're at a testing focused convention that's different from a normal convention. When you're going to a standard game con, everybody expects polish. They want the nice boxes, they want the good boards, um, because that's what they're there for, that's what they're paying for. But for Metatopia, uh, and for things like Unpub Prime in Baltimore—is Baltimore right? Yes. Yeah. Um, people come in knowing that the games aren't finished, um, and that's that's a thing. Um, so when you're you're coming in and you're looking at your pieces and you're saying, oh, I just have these pawns that I snaked out of a Chutes and Ladders game, and I have you know these stickers that I put onto things." That's okay. That's what we're here for. Um, I have seen everything in game design. There was, there was one game that was like a cat and four pencils, um, and that was that was the RPG. Um, so
1: like an actual living breathing I, cat. I think so, if I remember right. Um, <laughs> I always thought that was a joke. No, that was not a joke. <laughs> um, so I mean, you know that sets the bar pretty
0: pretty low for like, what you need for a game. But um, like I myself used to use um, cut down three by five. Um, um, cards. Index cards. Index cards. These things. I, I don't have words today. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's early. You know, and I had I had the same thing where it was like people are going to laugh, but what we're showing here is the concept of the game. It, this is not something that has to be you know on a linen finish board. You're showing an idea, and so as long as your pieces get that idea across, whether they're misspelled, whether they're simple, whether they're rough looking, that's that's okay. Because people aren't expecting polish. They're expecting your ideas. So when you bring in your ideas, you're accomplishing what you've meant to do here. you you've done what you've
1: set out to do at Metatopia. Yeah. It's um, it's easy to get stuck in the headspace that your game isn't ready, just like uh it's just like cleaning up for the the you know, the cleaning service, right? Your house is perfectly perfectly clean, now what is the cleaning service right. there to do, right? right? Of course your game isn't ready. That's why you're here. Yeah. So don't don't let that throw
0: you. Um, and when you when you look around, you're going to see a lot of rough stuff on the tables, and that's that's great. That's what we want. That's what we're here for. Uh, so the next set. Um, Can I? Yeah. Okay. So there are clearly people here whose games are ready. Right. Why are they here? Well, so there are different there are different levels, um, just like with programming or uh, video game design. So we have. Everything from focus groups, which are, I have a concept for a game, uh, and let's talk about it, to um, like alpha testing, then beta testing, and then blind testing. Uh, And so some of the games that you're seeing here are because this is a trusted community, like there's a network, and these games are being blind tested where they they have a game that looks like it's finished, they put it on a table, put down the rule book, and then don't say anything. And your job as the play tester is to read through the rule book and see if you can play that game from that rule book. And that's why you're seeing games that are polished. Uh, because a lot of these games are like just pre-publication. Uh, is it Stronghold that does all the, Stronghold, yeah. the straight from, from Essence. Essen, yeah. <laughs> they, they've got games that are coming from Essen in Germany, which is one of the biggest things that happens every year for board games. It, it
6: makes Gen Con look tiny.
0: It does. Uh, and they're about to release these to the public, but they have to blind test them first to make sure that people don't buy this game and get it <laughs> home and go, "This rulebook sucks," because we've all done that, and it's terrible because you can't play this game that you bought.
3: So as a publisher, they're looking at games that are already finished, but do they want to bring it over to the U.S.? Is it good enough to to match the U.S. Right, records? so they're having to play tested there too.
0: And that's that's where we're at. And then there's also the people that are just over ambitious. Like they have a prototype. It's basically an alpha. Like it's not actually really a finished. Like, the game doesn't really work yet, but they went and spent a lot of money on art, and they went and spent the money to get it printed by Game Crafter and whatever, and that's fine. If that's their jam and that's what they do, great. But they're throwing money into a hole so they can look good for Metatopia rather than focusing on getting the ideas here. Because then when the game breaks, they're just going to have to spend all that money again. Right. And that can be intimidating to see on the table next to you, but don't, don't let it rattle you because we're all at different levels here.
3: I'm yep. doing a panel on Sunday morning about
6: don't spend money on your prototype when it's, yeah, it's a waste. There was There was a guy here legitimately last year who his game was very simple, uh, kind of an iteration of stuff that's already been out there, but he went for high-quality components because his idea is rich people will buy this game and have it sit there as a piece of art. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so, but so if you see that on the table next to you, it's going, you're going to feel intimidated. But what he's aiming for is not what you're aiming for. You're all playing your own game and running your own race. Don't let other people intimidate you. Yeah.
3: Some of us too bring games that we think are, are done. We've just been playtesting it for maybe years. We've done lots of tweaks. We've got stuff done. We don't have the finished art because I'm not ever planning to kickstart. So I'm going to wait till the publisher takes it and does their art and makes everything fancy. But, the play of my game, I may come and say, "I think this is done," and then I put it into a high test, and somebody comes up with that thing that nobody else has seen yet. So, okay, um, I've got some work still to do on it.
4: Yep, <laughs> that reminds me. One, we works a printed prototype, but some of the components didn't right, so I got to reprint anyway. So that was a learning experience. Yeah, and then Kickstarter or publisher. <coughs> yeah. What do I do? Because I've been stuck. So
0: the the next batch here is. Um, it's sort of networking-based. It's uh, being able to, unable to market my game, having a good game plot because I wasn't able to market it, uh, being unable to reach interested people, uh, getting stuck in development, and uh, a loss of motivation. And that, is, that comes down to networking. Um, this actually should have been its own separate category. I was handed two of these. Um, so we'll, we'll sort of address that, too. Um, this, this con is great for meeting people and making friends um my my very first year i came thursday night i played a game and friday morning i was sitting quietly next to the doors freaking out because my imposter syndrome ramped up and uh doug Lewandowski, if you haven't met him meet him he's amazing just find him. Uh, he looks just like me so find a guy that looks like me but his hair's red and that's um, <laughs> doug sat down next to me and said hey man we played that game last night and i was like yeah and he was like you seem pretty cool you want to get lunch um, and that was the start of my network. And through, through Doug, I met everybody else, and I learned that this is a real tight-knit group. People care about each other uh, at these cons, which might be a little too touchy-feely for you, but eh, that's your problem at some point. So if you're worried about marketing, there are people that know marketing, <laughs> right? If you're worried about motivation, there are people that are motivators. If you're worried about being unable to reach the people that you need there are people that are networkers like this is what we do we're a community we support each other so don't be afraid to ask people for business cards don't be afraid to sit and have a conversation with a stranger at a table if you're extroverted and you can do that otherwise just ask for a card hey can i get your card um if you know somebody ask them if they know somebody that Mm -hmm. knows somebody that does this because they can introduce you yeah they'll be able to hook you up um so that's that's a thing that you can do here is networking, and it's really easy, and it gets easier every single time that you come. This is my third year, and it's like I walk in, and they're all like, yay! Yep. You know, first year, I was a total unknown, and now I've got people that are like, running across the lobby to hug me, and that's just that's just where we're at. Um, See, I was
6: gonna say same thing. My first Metatopia, I was dragged here by the owner of my local game store. He said, nice. you gotta come here and try this out. I didn't know anybody but him, and so I was hiding in my room when I wasn't doing play tests. And, but yeah, now it's like you know. Hey, you know, you know all this By the way, just to, to piggyback on one thing you said, um, if uh, if you sure. ask for somebody for like an introduction, but well not too much introduction, like to say you know, hey, you know, pick your brain or whatever, and somebody says yes but not right now because of X do not take it personally mm-hmm. take it at face value there's so
1: much shit
0: going <laughs> on <laughs> Yeah, we yeah,
6: have no. I mean,
0: all got your schedule we know how this works Yeah, got, because, no, I got something at 11 we gotta go yeah
6: because I'm telling you straight up Like, I got some stuff going on in my head for my high, for my play test that I have to work on I am more than willing to talk to any of you but you hit me at the wrong time I'm going to be like can you catch me in an hour because right now I like, really gotta work on mm-hmm. this so don't take it personally
0: um, these are Real general, but they kind of fit in the other thing. Uh, getting no play test or feedback uh, and focusing on the wrong things uh, effectively. Um, timing, too much talking, forgetting names. Happens to the everybody. It happens to everybody, honestly. And occasionally you'll have games that nobody signs up for. That happens too. Um, and you have a choice at that point. You can either go get something to eat and a drink of water, which we all probably need, uh, or you can um, go sign up for something. <laughs> because it's, it's disappointing to have no one sign up for your playtest, but it doesn't mean that no one was interested in your game. This is a lot of stuff going on, and you can't do everything. And, and sometimes, especially on Sundays, I'm going to warn you, Sundays, people aren't going to show up, people aren't going to sign up, people aren't sure if they're going to be here on Sundays. Don't, don't take it personally. Don't get crushed by it. It's um, it's just part of the, the feel of having schedules and having stuff that you have to do and only having so many hours in a day, but still needing to eat and pee once in a while. Um, so... You know, don't take it personally and just sort of push forward and, um,
1: like, find a table that needs a person and be that person for that table. If you're short on people, also, uh, I you can go to the front desk or send a runner, um, and Vinny will hunt people down and to drag he them does. to your game.
6: And he, and he has helpers now to help him with that. So If yes. you're
5: sitting quietly looking like you're doing nothing,
3: you might be one of those people that you <laughs> dragged into
6: the game. He might be hey, do you have anything going on? Two minutes.
3: All right. So, last category here, uh, which is more outward-facing, I think, um, embarrassing myself and burning bridges, unintentionally offensive, my game triggers someone when it was meant to be funny. So, this is kind of a subcategory of things that are going on all over the the country, the world right now in terms of even various culture types of things. People are in unfamiliar situations, or things are going on around them that everybody seems to have the new jargon and you don't. You're not quite sure how to fit in. So one of the ways that you can deal with that is, is of course, apologize, especially if you're triggering somebody, or they say, oh, that was terrible, don't do that. Oh, OK, well, what thing do I need to learn now that I didn't know before, so I could not have that same effect on people again, right? Um,
1: you don't know what you don't know, right? If you If you make a mistake, it's a learning opportunity. You're going to fuck something up. You're going to learn it, you're going to fix it, and you won't make the same mistake twice. The thing that the thing that marks you as a good person is being willing to learn and grow. The thing that marks you as a bad person is being presented with evidence of your mistakes and then refusing to change. Yeah.
3: So especially that my, my game triggers someone when it was meant to be funny. Learn from that, right? Don't do take it personally, as you said on lots of other things. Go ahead.
2: Thank you very much. Could could if you are uh, play testing something here this weekend, could you each just tell us what that is called? Sure.
3: Um, I've got two things. I've got a workshop for a, a new game that's really just in concept. It's called Humility. It humility, the competitive game of good deeds. And the other game, well, I've got three playtests. is called Escape. It's a co-op uh, board game set in the Antarctica where we're penguins. Uh, I have a game called Hero. Um, I didn't hear.
0: It's called Hero. Uh, it's got two playtests, one Saturday and one Sunday. Uh, and then I've got two solo games that are just called Solo Shift
1: uh, with subtitles. Um, and those are both on Saturday. So my game is called Retrievers. It's uh, high fantasy clock punk treasure hunting for good.
4: Yeah.
6: I was going I listed mine badly in the schedule. So look for duels and detentions. It's actually a scenario testing the magic rules for Awesome Eights, which is a tabletop role playing game. Um, but I listed it badly, so look for um, um, duels and detentions instead of awesome eight single right. findings. I, I hope text.
3: that everybody got something out like of this. If you see us, um, feel free to yeah. come my talk with us anytime.